Our gospel today is from the Gospel of Luke, the 10th chapter, verses 38 through 42. Now, as Jesus and his disciples went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Good morning. Um, it's so good to be with you this morning. Um, as Pastor Gina said, my name is Zach Herzog. Uh, I'm a seminary student at the Iliff School of Theology in Denver. Um, hopefully it's my final year of seminary at Iliff. Um, and I uh, have to say before I start, this is only the third time I've ever preached in a row. And every time I do it, I have stress dreams and I'm going to trip the entire time. Um, as some of you may know, I did my internship at Salt House this past year, um, which makes it feel very special to be with you today as um, Salt House's story started with Holy Spirit. And so I feel like while I only joined um, their verse this last year, I get to be here with you all that have seen them grow and been part of their story from the beginning. So thank you so much for having me. And they kept me, so it must have been a good internship. So let's talk about Martha and Mary. Um, I have to be honest, this story irritates the bejesus out of me. <laughs> it irritates me because when I read it, I'm Martha. I mean, let's talk party planning, shall we? Um, this past week was actually my birthday, so I had a party. And my parents taught me how to host a good party. You make sure there's plenty of food. You get the buffet table set up in a logical way so that people can flow and find what they're looking for. You hate that bottleneck at the plates and the forks and stuff getting passed back and forth. You have to make little signs with allergens because everybody has that gluten-free friend in 2022, uh, which is me at most parties, so I appreciate the little signs. You open the good wine. You chill the beer. Um, you have a special marker maybe to mark up the glasses or those little chime things that go at the bottom of the wine stem. You greet people at the door. You hang up their coats. You get them a drink. You make sure they can find the food and they know where the bathroom is. You make introductions between the friend groups so that everybody knows somebody. And that's like the most awkward part of the whole party process is to like, don't talk investment banking with this group and don't talk drag race with this group. It should be okay. You make sure that everyone's drink stays topped off. You refresh the food so that it stays hot. You have to mingle with everyone so that everyone feels like they were wanted there. If someone offers to help with the dishes, you tell them not to worry about it. But you also prep goodie bags and to-go boxes for the leftovers. And most importantly, you remember whose jacket is whose so that you can fetch it when the time comes. I mean, this is good party hosting, and it's fun stuff. And it seems like Mary, or Martha, is a really good host. She does the party things right. And yet Jesus says, there is need of only one thing. Don't you hate that guy who's like, you had a great party, Martha, but you did forget one thing. But of course, that's not what Jesus is saying. A lot of commentaries suggest that it seems like Jesus is saying, Martha, relax. Just hang out and enjoy the party. Like perhaps this is a message on being present. And admittedly, as a good Enneagram 3, I need that message. I need someone to tell me, Zach, there's nothing left to do. Just come and enjoy the party. And I do believe that Jesus wants us to relax and enjoy the party. 
And I do think that's part of what this mystery of Jesus is all about. But that's not all of it. This story has to be about something more. Like, it's probably not actually God's 10 rules of good party planning. If the story is about the kingdom of God, then I don't want to hear Jesus say, relax and enjoy the party. Because look around. The party kind of sucks. I mean, we have gun violence. We have reproductive rights issues. We have attacks on our queer and trans siblings. We have racist institutions and class conflicts. We have a legal system that is starving for justice. So I want to be Martha. I want to do something about it. And yet Jesus says, there is need of only one thing. And Mary does that one thing. And like I said, a lot of theologians, much smarter than me, have preached that the one thing is to stop, to stop doing, to be present, to put our faith in God and trust that this moment is okay, that the kingdom of God is at hand here and now. And all of that is true, but it minimizes how boldly political Mary is in this story. The one thing that Mary does is not simply come in and enjoy the party. The one thing that Mary does is sit at the feet of Jesus. This phrase that the writer of Luke's gospel uses, sit at the feet, is a Jewish idiom. Sit at the feet is used to describe disciples that study under a rabbi. So a rabbi is a religious teacher in the Jewish tradition. If you're sitting at the feet of a rabbi, it means that you are an honor student. You are signing up for the career tract. You are committing your life to learning everything you can from your rabbi. So that when your um, rabbi's ministry ends, you can take on their teachings and continue their work. Sitting at the feet is like an apprenticeship or an internship, but with much higher stakes and greater commitment. Sitting at the feet means that you are studying under the rabbi so that someday you can be just like the rabbi and do what the rabbi is doing. So think about how intense it would be to sit at the feet of this rabbi Jesus. Jesus' ministry is all about taking on systems of empire. Jesus' ministry is all about calling out corruption. Jesus' ministry is about telling rich, privileged people that the kingdom of heaven is for the poor and the marginalized. Jesus' ministry is about telling the tradition that it is elitist and backwards and needs to be more inclusive. Jesus' ministry is about flipping tables and causing holy trouble so that widows, the poor, the children, and the most oppressed might be taken care of. And we know that Jesus' ministry gets him killed. So sitting at the feet of this rabbi Jesus is risky business. It's training for a role that will not be easy. And that's the one thing that Jesus says is needed. But here's the kicker, the thing that like, our modern sensibilities miss. The ancient world of Jesus was patriarchal, which I know is really different from today. In the ancient world of Jesus, only men could have apprenticeships. Only men could be interns which meant that only men could sit at the feet of their rabbi. So to the ancient people hearing Luke's gospel, the very mention of Mary sitting at the feet would cause eyebrows to raise. There'd be this question of, wait, Mary was doing what? What Mary is doing is political. It's queer, it's gender bending, it's subversive and rebellious. By sitting at the feet of Jesus, Mary was taking her seat at the table. Mary was owning her calling. She was coming out to everyone, announcing who she was and what God intended for her life. And Jesus says, only one thing is needed. And that one thing is what Mary did. So like I said, this story challenges me because I feel bad for Martha. 
Because like Martha, I have internalized a lot of messages telling me how to throw a good party. And by that, I mean that I have internalized a lot of messages about who I need to be. We live in a culture that tells us that we have to be impressive to be loved. Did you ever get that message? Did you ever have a parent who never seemed totally impressed by what you did, even if it was your best effort? Or did you have a teacher or a coach or a mentor or a boss who never told you they were proud of you? Did you look around at some point and say, there aren't people like me in that room? I don't see myself ever doing that. They don't want people like me in that role. Did you get shamed for your body? Did you get dismissed or de devalued? We live in a culture that likes a good party. We live in a culture that wants more, 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 and more. And we live in a culture that cannot rest until everything is perfect. And what has it gotten us? I mean, the party kind of sucks. We have gun violence. We have reproductive rights issues. We have attacks on our queer and trans siblings. We have racist institutions and class conflicts. We have a legal system that is starving for justice. And Jesus says what we need to do is be like Mary. What we need to do is take our seat at the feet of our rabbi, join in this risky work of taking on systems of empire, of calling out corruption, of tackling privilege, and becoming ever more inclusive. Join in this rabbi's risky work of flipping tables and causing holy trouble so that the widows, the poor, the children, and the most oppressed among us might be taken care of. Ignore all the voices that tell you this is what you should be doing and sit at the feet of the rabbi. Learn to be the rebel that you were created to be. And what does this look like? In our own little worlds and house parties, it looks like challenging those voices from our culture that tell us we aren't enough. It looks like being authentic. It looks like saying, this is my story. This is my family. These are the people that I love. This is the wild and messy adventure that I have fallen into, and it's mine, and I own it. It is enough because this wild mess is exactly where God wants me to be. And in terms of the kingdom of God, this story is about taking your seat at the table. It's about recognizing that you are the one God is calling. It's about saying no to all those voices that shame you or tell you that the system is against you, or the voices that tell you you can't make a difference. It's about saying yes to the God that invites you into the liberative work of justice and mercy and peace. So today, may you have Mary's courage. May you sit at the feet of the God who loves you exactly as you are. May you come to the party knowing that there is nothing you have to do to impress anyone. May you boldly claim your seat. May you own your sense of calling. May you feel the stirrings in your heart for love and change and justice. May you step into your full and authentic self and may you come out to the world boldly believing that God loves you and has a wonderful transformative plan for your life. This is the only thing that is needed. Amen.